We could call it uh, PHP Pretty now that John's gone. Oh, wait, no, he's the pretty one. He is yeah. the pretty one out of the three of us. Yeah, John would be the... You know, if all three of us went to prison, John would be the one in trouble. <laughs> he would be the one married before any of us. You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 20, recorded Thursday, July 21st, 2016. In this episode of PHP Ugly, we talk about the latest San Diego PHP meetup, some changes that are coming to Laravel 5.3, how one regex string brought down Stack Overflow, PHP 7.1 hits beta, and how Facebook can decide to revoke your license to React.js. On a side note, we'd like to welcome the newest member of the PHP Ugly family, Nolan Congdon, new son of host John Congdon. All our best wishes go out to the entire Congdon family. Now let's get started. How do we want to kick this off? It's weird it's just the two of us now. It's like we can just start talking at any moment. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I would just say, hi, Eric. Hi, Thomas. How's your week going? It's going well. It's going well. So we're, uh, we're one man down today. Man down! John has begun his hiatus from the show, yes. from our lives. It's time to get ugly. Ooh, I like it. You had a good talk this week. You had a good yeah, turnout. A, it was. It was a nice turnout. It was what, 25 something, maybe. Seemed like there might have been more than that, but yeah, I'll go with 25. Okay. I, I forgot to take a count. But you did a talk on basically hacking websites. Yeah, yeah, just general website security, and you know, covered the the whole spectrum from XSS and CSRF all the way to server configuration and tools for exploiting things like uh, SQL injection. And yeah, it was a it's a nice talk. It's, it's a talk that I'd given before, but I hadn't really presented any examples previously in the talk. I just sort of depended on my uh, glowing wit, which it turns out was a mistake the first time, so this time I depended on examples instead. <laughs> no, you did a great job. I think everybody... I slept through most of it. I apologize for that. Well, but yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, no. We, we, we partied pretty hard beforehand. <laughs> you got Laravel meetup coming up uh, this week. I will unfortunately not be there because I will be attending the Laracon US conference. I'm excited about yeah. that. You'll be there in our hearts, though, and live via webcam. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Well, what are we going to do about the show next week? Are we going to try? You want you want to try to record? I think there's a time difference. So, like, eleven thirty is like what twelve one thirty in Kentucky. I, I forget what the time difference is. I yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but well, hey, we can figure it out. Yeah, we might have to wait until Saturday. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You get to you get to drink on the company dime while you're there, so uh, not not sure. How <laughs> it's always my there. dime, though. That's the problem. That's one of the problems with owning the company. It's it's always your dime. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you still get to. Uh, been listening to some good talks, uh, the Laravel podcast, and of course, you know they're starting to hype up some of the stuff that's going to be coming in mm. in Laracon. I guess. Some of the packages or projects that are going to be announced are uh, things called Scout and Passport. Taylor, the creator of Laravel, hasn't really talked about what they are. It's just kind of a tease. 
I take it from maybe the name Passport's going to be some other level of authentication, maybe? Yeah, it could be a language file thing. Oh, that's a good call. It could be a language file. I have no idea what Scout's going to be. He's also been tweeting a lot. Taylor, again, has been tweeting a lot about um, folder structures. Yeah, not sure I like this change either. You know, I, I was actually very hopeful... Uh, some of the first tweets that he sent out started hinting around about um, adding the models folder back in. And everybody I know, every project I've worked on at least, we add the models folder because it just just keeps it organized. Um, He hinted around, he even put out a survey on it, and last I checked the results, people were in favor of the models folder, and then he released recently the folder structure of the app folder, and there was no models. Uh, it's actually a very s- scaled-down version of the existing folder structure. Initially, that's it's the, the idea is that initially it's scaled down, but as you use the artisan make commands, it will generate directories that need to be generated. That's the thing. Everybody was getting all excited about it. It almost reminds me of like a Steve Jobs scenario. It's like people are getting excited because he posted. I'm like, yeah, because nobody, you know, if you didn't have a need for a jobs folder, you didn't use your jobs folder. So he just removed it. Right. <laughs> it's like, why are you getting so excited about this? The guy just posted a folder structure. Well, I think I think one of the implications here is that the folder names will be a little more modular. Um, because right now, if you use the make commands, they're they're pretty hard coded to what directory they write to. Now, another thing that he talked about moving in the first place I saw this happen was by you, Thomas. He talked about potentially creating a routes folder, moving routes out of the HTTP folder because uh, the routes file itself was one of the only. Um, non-PSR compliant files in that folder structure, in the HTTP folder structure. Uh, right. So he talked about moving that out and then potentially cr- having a whole routes folder so that you could have different routes for APIs. And and I know you're a big fan. Uh, every project I've worked on with you, you typically create a routes folder and break down your routes based on some sort of convention. Yeah, yeah. I like to match my routes to my controllers. So I'll have... Uh uh, users controller as well as a user's routes uh, and that that's helpful for middleware that's helpful for uh, domaining all sorts of stuff yeah I, so. I, I agree so um, I mean we won't have any answers until next week we, we do know that Laravel 5.3 is going to be officially released um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I thought I heard that like Vue.js 2.0 would also be released around the same time. I don't know. I, I know the creator of Vue.js is doing one of the workshops the first day, uh, but I don't know if he's actually releasing Vue.js 2.0 at the same time. But Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I went there last year. You and I were actually there last year, and uh, I'm looking forward to going again this year. Yeah, you should uh, you should live tweet that whole experience to our to our PHP Ugly Twitter. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll stream yeah. from time time to time, seeing how we've been using our PHP Ugly YouTube for 
we've branched out. We we live streamed your talk uh, at North North County this week, which was fun. We did. I I enjoyed it, and you know the audio, even though it was just coming from a webcam eight feet away from me, still came out okay. So yeah, pretty, I think if, happy with it. I, I think we can. I think we can fix that too. That turned out a lot better than I had anticipated. Might have to try something downtown as well. What do you got going on this week? Anything good? Any any news? Uh, you know, I've got a big project where I'm I'm migrating a whole system from Laravel four to Laravel five. How's that going? Slow. Really? Yeah. It was a it was one of my first Laravel based projects, and uh, you know, one of the big differences is how strings are escaped in blade mm-hmm. between four and five mm-hmm. and so i have to go through about 200 views and just change the escape string i assume you guys had looked into using laravel shift and it just didn't didn't seem like it was going to be a, a good move or no because they need to refactor a whole bunch of the controllers as well yeah uh, the systems weren't compatible in any way except for in theory. Mm-hmm. So I have to make a lot of the same changes just sort of all over the place. I didn't look into Laravel Shift too much. I don't know a whole lot about it. For people listening, Laravel Sh- I think it's called Laravel Shift. Now, now I need to double check real fast. But it's a, uh, it's a service that you give it access to your Git repo. You have a version of a Laravel application that's on a particular Laravel version. Yeah, it's called Laravel Shift. It's at laravelshift.com. You give them access to your Git repo, and it'll pull in your uh, version of your application and upgrade it for you. It'll upgrade 4.2 to 5, then 5 to 5.1. So I imagine like if you want to go 4.2 to 5.2, you have to go 4.2 to 5, 5 to 5.1, and 5 to 5.2, each one mm-hmm. separately. But it's fairly cheap. Um, the four two to five is the more expensive plan, and and that's like seventeen bucks. From everything I've heard, it's gotten some pretty good reviews, and I've I've uh, seen interviews with the creator of this, who actually created this at PHP World last year, and Taylor Otwell was there. That he just reached out to him and says, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing," and I guess they sat down and hacked this out, and he's you know been maturing it ever since then. Um, nice. Yeah, and he says that, you know, it does a pretty good job. Uh, I forget the percentage, but he says that even if it's not able to convert everything, it's it creates this very nice log of problem areas that it solves. So I, I would think something like your views would be pretty simple for this. But... You know, you could have some pretty customized services and controllers that it, it couldn't move properly. So yeah, it would give you kind of a heads up and just say, yeah, you know, um, yeah, these are the trouble spots you, you want to look at. And it just kind of, I think it's really meant to give you a head start on that migration and and kind of address a lot of low-hanging fruit, low to medium-hanging fruit and allow you to focus on the real challenging things that need to be migrated. So, yeah, I, I don't know how far along you are, but, you know, it would be worth checking out. Uh, I'm about, about halfway through it at this point. Yeah. Got most of it moved over, and I'm just doing slow bits of translation. Yeah. So, we've got some, uh, well, we've got a, a heap of PHP 7.1 news. 
well, seven point not a lot of seven point one. There's only one thing of seven point one. Well, I guess I guess engine or core or yeah. team. I don't. I wouldn't even. I don't even know how to categorize it. But you know, one of the one of the first things I saw this week was uh, that this group, the Async Interoperability Group, has released their event loop interoperability version. Yeah, I saw so, this in the show notes, and it's way I. You need to explain to me this because I'm not sure what I'm looking at. So it's it's basically a similar group to PHP Fig. Mm-hmm. So they're coming up with standards, um, and and one of the things is that event systems throughout frameworks have all implemented their own version of how they're called, what the arguments are, everything like that. The idea here is to standardize event systems in PHP so that a package which relies on events being fired or firing events can be implemented on any framework uh, easily. Um, so JavaScript, you know, has its own internal event system. So when you fire an event in JavaScript, it goes out to anyone who wants to listen for events. It's part of the system itself. And the idea here is to bring the same thing into PHP. A lot of input stream listening, uh, signal firing, listening, um, execution deferral, stuff like that. So it's it's some advanced stuff, but uh, the idea is to bring advanced development further into PHP. It'll be interesting to see where they move forward, because this is their first big release that I've seen. I like it. That's a good thing that's going on, I think. Uh, the other big news is 7.1 has left alpha and is now at beta 1. Beta. So we've still got that big tag that says, this is for preview purposes only. Do not use it in production. We're getting close to that production number. Making good progress, though. Yeah, it's... It's really it's it's nice to see it moving along at least because with all the stagnation that happened in the past, it would be easy for PHP seven to be the last one for ten years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, so seeing seven point one actually come about with new RFCs being implemented and features being implemented, it's good to see the internals team moving ahead. You know what I hate though. Please don't be racist. I hate <laughs> when crossing my fingers. A silly little line in my code brings down my whole application. Something as simple I, you know as what? a regex. A simple little regex that brings down an app. You have a, Do you have any applications that are used by hundreds of millions of people? Uh, let me think. Uh, let's see, there's an SDPHP website. Probably falls a little shy of that. I did do the PHP Ugly site. I haven't looked at numbers yet lately. I don't know. But nah, I'm going to go with no. Well, unfortunately, uh, somebody had a question about a specific regex string uh, that they decided to ask on Stack Overflow that spiked the CPUs at 100% and brought the whole system down. <laughs> I thought that post... I, I saw that this, and I'm like, this is, this is awesome. You, you know... There is some developer somewhere that's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? My my favorite part about this is their post-mortem. Because it's amazing to read. 
I, I, I love how transparent they were and, and they tell you exactly the regic expression that that was uh, tossed and yeah I thought it, that was great well I you can tell from reading this uh, we'll post the link uh, on on the PHP ugly site or in the show notes but they, they say that the outage was 34 minutes total it took 10 minutes to identify the cause, 14 minutes to write the code to fix it, and 10 minutes to roll out the fix to a point where Stack Overflow became available again. <laughs> I can tell you it took longer than 34 minutes to write this post-mortem. <laughs> yep. Yes, they are, they are good citizens of the development world. <clears throat> yeah, it it's, it's a fantastic read, even if it is a little bit above my head. Um, a malformed post consent containing... 20,000 consecutive white space characters, uh, which if it was 20,001 would have been okay. <laughs> but 20,000 just was the wrong number. <laughs> yeah. So, you know you know what we do, right? And my, um, the company that's... We drink and we know things? The, the, the drinking. The company John and I have... Uh, you know, we have a good group of friends and developers that that we take on clients and do the consulting thing and develop sites for people and mm-hmm. and manage you know sites and there comes a certain amount of responsibility when you're doing that. Um, people don't think about this a lot, but you have to be very careful that you're not putting your clients in a position uh, that might put them in some sort of legal issue down the road. And most times you avoid that by just not plagiarizing code. Your developers... Well, do, yeah. Right? I mean, that's... Use, use open source code. That's that's what we do. Exactly, right? Yeah. You, 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 There's tons of open source code out there, tons of open source licenses, so you should be okay. Uh, really, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Well, yes, that's why I use stuff like React and, uh, and yeah, Prototype. Funny, funny, funny you should mention React. So, <laughs> as we know, React.js is an open source JavaScript framework that's developed by our friends at Facebook. And the license that it sports, I, man, I forget now. I, I forgot to do my homework on that. I think it's at MIT or what is that? Uh, I believe it's the BSD. BSD, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. Well, Facebook kind of put some wording in there that essentially says if you if your product competes with us, then we can revoke your license to React. Which yeah. as an open source person, you're kind of like the the what? It's like how how can you how can you have a BSD license and still leverage this st- sort of anti-competitiveness? Uh, on the on the open source project, it, I I was flabbergasted when I saw this, and it really kind of makes you pause and think about the frameworks and libraries you're using, what um, sort of licenses are associated with them, what sort of position you're potentially putting clients in, and this is a big problem. Yeah, now the the reason that this sort of gets snuck in with the BSD licenses, the BSD license has a, a an option to grant rights for patented technologies. 
where you can define how those patents can be, be used. So basically what's happening here is Facebook is saying, we have a patent on some of the things that are in React. And if you are in a patent dispute with us in any way, then you can't use this software that, that contains our patents. So it, it's sort of a sleazy little workaround. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. Uh, um, I've I've seen worse in the open source community. Uh, one of my favorite things that I use is also sort of one of the scummier implementations of open source, Do which sure. is uh, Syner- Synergy. Okay, why do you, wh- why is that? For a long time, it was an open source project with downloads available on their website, uh, but now it is an open source project with the code available but very difficult to compile and a pre-compiled download is only available behind a paywall and it's very hard to find where the code is hosted and (laughs) it's sort of moved in a pain in the ass direction there are other projects that say hey do you want to donate ubuntu is one of them you go to the Ubuntu download, there's a big button that says click here to donate $10. There's a button next to it that says, no thanks, maybe next time. Uh, but in the case of Synergy, it's just a flat-out paywall. Well, this is uh, this is weird, man. It's just you and I. We just kind of like, we just go through the whole kind of... Just flowing. No kidding, man. I don't know. Do we, I, do we tell John that the, the podcast is cancelled, we're just not going to do it anymore, and then... <laughs> Keep going he, he would never know, right? Because he doesn't listen. So <laughs> we could call it uh, PHP Pretty now that John's gone. Oh wait, no, he's the pretty one. He is yeah. the pretty one out of the three of us. Yeah. yeah, John would be the. You know, if all three of us went to prison, John would be the one in trouble. <laughs> he would be the one married before any of us. Jeez, <laughs> that, I didn't. I didn't understand what you were saying for a second because I didn't think we would go that direction <laughs> come on you know me that's true oh boy this has been ugly this has been pretty ugly this has been yeah delightfully ugly well uh, I want to I want to thank our listener Carolyn we appreciate we start we're sorry the stream stopped it, it probably stopped at a very good stage <laughs> right yeah right when it started to spiral yeah you you didn't want to hear any of this carol it's it's good yeah. trust me that was google google could tell that we were going off the rails and just decided to cut the stream shut him down <laughs> <laughs> yeah i see where this is going it's prison jokes we're done here shawshank nope <laughs> oh i didn't i didn't get to tell my indiegogo story Tell you, hey, oh, dude. Wow. Tell it. You want to do your Indiegogo? You know what? I'll wrap this up in the uh, in the the envelope of building a trustworthy product and why that's important. Okay. Because Indiegogo, when when you get a link to a crowdfunding campaign, it's either Indiegogo or Kickstarter. So the difference is, you you understand the differences between those two? Because I learned it. I I didn't. Until I, I looked it up because... Oh, is this what you I, were complaining about? Yes. So th- that is exactly the reason why I won't fund an Indiegogo campaign. But I'll let you tell the story. 
Yeah, and it's the reason that nobody should fund an Indiegogo campaign because Indiegogo, Indiegogo fundamentally is not the same as Kickstarter. Uh, so I, I fell for a product that was called Zambi Light. You didn't fall uh, for it. You, you chose to support it. I chose to support this product, mm. and at some point, nine months after delivery date, I decided to message them, see what's going on. It turns out the whole thing was a scam, and this was not the first scam that was perpetrated. Now, this wasn't a scam as in we didn't reach funding and can't recoup the money. Oh, we, uh, okay. So you're going, a, was, you're going a different route. So before you go down that path, let me just say, in general... The biggest difference that I'm aware of between Kickstarter and Indiegogo is that with Kickstarter, you commit to funding a, a, a project if that project gets funded, right? it meets its goals. So if they're Correct. saying we're trying to we're trying to raise ten thousand dollars, if if they get enough people to commit to raising ten thousand dollars, that's when you actually contribute. Uh, Indiegogo works a little differently. You choose to back a product, and if they don't meet their goal, then they just keep your money. There's no, there's no guarantee right. that you'll get your money back. Yeah. So, and and there's actually there's two more very important details. Is that Indiegogo has very loose requirements for a project. Uh, they they do not take personal responsibility for projects. Because they don't collect money, they forward you to the target site. They they forward you to a collection page of the choice of the the promoter. Oh, I wasn't aware of so, that. Yeah, so Indiegogo doesn't have your money, so they don't feel the need to vet products. So this was the third campaign that this particular scammer had run on Indiegogo, hmm. where it had it was clear, at least to someone who looked into it for hours that this person was a professional scammer that they had never produced a product and that they had stolen concepts from users on reddit and stolen pictures and schemas for things so this person was to indiegogo a known scammer they had run several campaigns that they had never produced any products for and to this day two years later the product page is still up and you can still give them money while Indiegogo has been made aware several times by hundreds of people that this product does not exist and is a scam because they have no obligation. They don't have your money, so they're not liable for having collected your money. So when I contacted them about it, they said contact the person running the campaign. The person running the campaign does not respond to being contacted. You contact Indiegogo again. They say you're going to have to take them to small claims court for your $40. <laughs> I contact them again and say, well, you realize that you're ruining your reputation. And Indiegogo says, I'm afraid we're not. <laughs> and that's because Indiegogo's reputation, if you know them, is bad. So they have very loose requirements for issuing a campaign. Basically, if, if you get booted from Kickstarter, if they say yeah, you're not actually a company and your product doesn't actually look real to us, then you go to Indiegogo. And Indiegogo says, yeah, sure. The money is directly deposited into your account. Wow. It doesn't require yeah, it doesn't require a collection process or any kind of vetting process. And yeah, you can collect on an incomplete uh, funding round. 
Yeah. So yeah, that that was like I said, that's one of the reasons why I, I think I backed one Indiegogo project. I was lucky enough where it finally got funded. It was that experience that I realized, wait a minute, and it, it was one of the pricier backings I had done. I mean, a couple hundred bucks, and I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me this project can this product can never come to fruition, and I'm out my money. Yeah, that's that's a problem, and I I don't understand why people would back an Indiegogo project more than once. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's and that's the thing is that you know I said I'll never use Indiegogo again, and a friend of ours said, well, what happened? And what happened was I used Indiegogo once, and then had to look into why people use Indiegogo instead of Kickstarter. Yeah, and. Yeah, I'm there's, sorry there's that happened. Zero to you, buddy. credibility. That's forty dollars. Learned a lesson. Yeah, it's an expensive lesson, yeah. though. And and here's an interesting thing, that very very important to remember. Fees are higher on Indiegogo, but Indiegogo is less reputable than Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So that should tell why you would something. someone? Yeah. Why would someone ever choose a platform in which fees are higher, but? the the press relationship is worse yeah. and yeah indiegogo totally it's it's a scammer's playground never i would never never again never again you know what we will do again me, they've told me that that's fine by them so you know you know what we will do again what are we going to do again we will do another php ugly next week I don't know if we'll do it on Thursday or Saturday night. You're committing to it now, but we will. We will do. We we'll squeeze one out. We've got a we've got a good little streak going. Twenty. This is episode twenty. That means for twenty weeks right. now, you and I, at least you and I, have sat down and had in depth conversations about things we're working on, things in our community, things in our industry. It's been fun. Yeah. What is that like? It's been a real, been a real podcaster's dozen. Oh God, <laughs> damn it! I should have just ended it when I had him. Should have let it go. Oh, Don't remind me. Yeah, this is episode twenty. It's been really awesome. I want to keep doing this. It. Uh, I have to. I have to put my kids to bed early to to get on the mic, which is another bonus. <laughs> All right, bud. Well, I think we're going to call that a show. Thanks for uh, hanging out with me tonight, even though... John, you, as always, great contribution today. I think you've contributed more pleasure. more this, this week than you have in previous weeks. Good job. Looks, looks, like, his, looks like his mic cut out on us. Yeah, yeah I think he's frozen. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's frozen. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. I, we'll catch you next week. I'm Eric Van Johnson. And I'm Tom Rideout. Later. This is this has been ugly. Thank you for listening to the PHP Ugly podcast. PHP Ugly can be found on Twitter at PHP Ugly. You can also follow the host, Tom Rideout, on Twitter at Real Rideout, John Congdon on Twitter at John Congdon, and myself, Eric Van Johnson, on Twitter at Shokum. That's spelled S H O C M. Notes and links from this episode can be found on GitHub at github.com forward slash phpugly forward slash podcast.